There is fear on Diego's sure. table. That's my stronghold games. Fear was interesting. I think I would have liked to play it with people who weren't grumpy assholes. So I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm off the list then. I think you would have probably been fine to play it with, unless you were feeling particularly curmudgeonly. How, how does it compare to um, Flea, which I have played? Uh, it is a completely different game. Great, because I wasn't a fan of Flea. Flea was a brain teaser puzzle. Fear is a play card, screw your neighbor kind of thing. Okay. How many plays do you think you get out of uh, out of fear? More. Like, I was, at first I was like, you know, maybe I should get rid of this, and now I'm like, maybe I should just keep it and play it with other people. Because I like, I like the okay. concept of it, and it resets well. And in fact, I'm not Do sure I... you actually ever have to reset it. Because... Other than to like sort of do the whole rule teach thing, which if you want to do that, concede. Right. Like if you like it, like, but you can also just keep the rules out and play them as they come up. Because the way the way it eventually works is basically like the last card I thought ended the game like permanently, and it's like no, but this is how you can keep on continue to play forever. Okay. So. And it, it said like you know for new games you should you should put the cards back in order and I'm like I don't think you need to but I mean if you pa- I'd say if you pass the game on and don't teach it to someone absolutely yes. I would I would put it back in order for them but yeah but I also played it so that was a play with its full five players and mm-hmm. it played fine mm-hmm. um. And I played with two players, like, I don't know, ten times, like, ten plays, because it plays pretty quick. Um, okay. okay. And that was, like, basically, it's not like, there's games like this where it's just, like, one person It could be that way, but they managed to adapt it to the point where it's just, like, one person triggers the end. And one person wins, and you just keep score on how many times each person wins. So, I... I uh, it's a it's a good like it's it's a good playthrough for something where you're just like you don't know how long you're gonna have to play, so like if you're just waiting for someone or something, you can quit whenever you want. Okay, because yeah, I feel they haven't been like enamored of Fred and Freeze game in a long time. Yeah, I we didn't really particularly love Flea either. It was too like it became a point where it was too there was too much math involved. <laughs> where like that's kind of how yeah, Tony and I felt that like okay well. We can't win. We've seen all the cards. We kind of see how the game will mm-hmm. work. And there was very little interest in actually figuring out how to win it. Right. Because a lot of it would come down to sort of how the shuffle mm-hmm. goes. And we we have um, uh, our former co-host Jess played with some of our other friends. Uh, I'm sure, well, at least one of which you can name. And they really liked it. Like they they enjoyed solving the puzzle of Flea. <laughs> oh, I know. I can tell. Oh, yeah. No, I can. I could get. It is a very uh, mysterious guest. Yes. Game. But, but ju- my wife and I, not so much. But we did, like, I think, I liked, I like Fear. I think she, she doesn't love it, but she doesn't hate it either. Meh. That's fine. I mean, if you, don't, you, don't have to, you don't have to love it. You don't have to, you don't have to love it. It's true. Time. You probably shouldn't. You don't have no time. You can, you, you also can like things and not like Absolutely them. true. So, oh, by the way, now, the way we brought him up. Uh, kudos to Mystery Guest A, who enhanced one of my games with something so simple I would have never thought of it. 
he came over and he opened up my my downfall of Pompeii game, which is a an older, not really well known board game where you are. It takes place in two phases. The first phase, you are getting your people in the safe houses in Pompeii so they can flee. In the second phase, they are fleeing Pompeii because the volcano is erupting. And one of the main mechanics is that there is a little plastic volcano that you put together and you throw people into it when they get taken by lava. <laughs> and he came with the simplest thing. He just came and he put one of these little LED lights into the volcano so now it glows when we play and it, it is amazing. Nice. <laughs> That's uh, a dumb but useful... Yes, I feel like now that would just be something that add into the Kickstarter. Probably, maybe. I don't know. But... I mean, you, you've seen all the Fireball Island stuff that people have now. and that just Nah, I haven't looked at the Fireball Island stuff. I mean, I haven't, like... It's, I, I, was, I was surprised, because I feel like it was hard to miss it if you're on Board Game Internet. Yeah, I, I did my best. Okay. But, um, we are not here to talk about board games. <laughs> but we're rather... Be. We are here to talk about my runner-up pick for Anime Secret Santa, which was two crossovers between Lupin the Third and Detective Conan. So, I understand you who assigned this to me, why you assigned this to me, because I do have a strong love for Lupin the Third, but I would argue that because I have had no exposure to that Detective Conan, I would have missed a ton of shit if I didn't get, like, through 20 minutes and just go, you know, let me look him up on an anime encyclopedia. <laughs> Let me learn about this other friend. Because, like, I didn't even, like, as soon as I, like, as soon as I figured out, and it wasn't obvious immediately that Conan was the, the, the kid, I'm like, no one told me he was a boy detective. <laughs> How was I supposed to know this? Because you're supposed to just know the popular franchises. But I don't, and I didn't. Sorry for the squeaking, everyone. I need a new chair. <laughs> Or just some WD-40. Or some WD-40. But in any case, so I, that lost me a bit of the way. And a lot of this reminded me a little of, not so much now, but back in the day, like in the 80s, 70s, and earlier, if you had a comic book crossover between two heroes, which was a lot less common back then, you knew who would win the fight. At least the initial, we're both heroes, one of, we have to fight. You knew who would win the fight based on whose book it was. <laughs> I'm not sure that applies here, but it really reminded me of here. Because there was a point within the first movie we watched. Was it the first one? Yes. I'm assuming you watched the special first. It has, that has less background info. Because the movie has at least has the background info at the beginning. The special does not. I believe it was the first one where um, Conan... Yeah, it was. So Fujiko Mine has abducted a princess. And we'll, I'll get to the plot in a second. But Fujiko Mine has abducted a, a princess on orders and raced off. And Conan is following them. And I didn't know, for the record, that he had a rocket-powered skateboard. So it looks like it's just some seven-year-old kid chasing her down on a motorbike with a skateboard and I'm just like this is where you lose me <laughs> he cannot possibly this keep up dumbest. but then I, I figured out that it was like a rocket skateboard so I'm like okay fine and I'm like if he catches her I'm done I'm not even gonna finish 
Vincenzo, we're not, we're not reviewing. No, I thing. swear, I would have called it. I'm just like, if he if he caught Fujiko Mine on his rocket-powered skateboard, I would have been done. Because before I go into plots, this is my problem with Detective Conan. He is a high school detective in the body of a seven-year-old. I understand this correctly, right? Yeah, that sounds right. So he's still just a fucking high school detective. Yes, he is a he is a genius high school detective who has been turned into a genius eight year old detective. Either way, who works with a bumbling PI, a bumbling PI, and a, uh, and a scientist who is criminally negligent towards children. Yes. <laughs> all right. As long as we have that all set. So. This is the, like the the first, which is I guess an an episode. Was it an episode of Lupin? Uh, no, it's a it's a TV All special. Right. So between like eighty nine through about twenty thirteen fourteen somewhere in there, uh, every year there'd be an annual Lupin the Third TV special. All right, so this one involves is a crossover between Detective Conan and Volcania. Which is yep, good fake, good fake Lupin yep, the Which is the only place in the world where you can find a certain mineral, which apparently renders anything you use it with undetectable by any detection means known. And also does some weird EM pulse thing. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a MacGuffin so, thing. That's basically what the core of both of these specials are about is this mineral and this kingdom and in the first one you have um two thirds of the royal family killed and a princess is left who doesn't really want to be queen and like the stories surrounding her and trying to figure out who actually like cause it's, it's a murder suicide between the queen and her son who's the next in line but you know that's not true. But every viewer immediately knows, come on, this is obviously this is obviously this is obviously a mystery. Well they basically out. told you. Like the first thing. Yeah. Like you knew it wasn't true based on what you saw. Yeah, th- th- this apparently goes for the um Columbo model of detectiving. Right. And you just this You just you had to see who did it, but you knew it was done. So um so that's the first one. And you have all these characters who I didn't know and had no real attachment to. And that was a weakness of it, certainly. Um, and you had Lupin and crew, but, um, like, Lupin wasn't really in the first half of it too much. Well, like, not only is he not in it, he is in a different story than Cohen for half the yeah. day. Because Lupin is looking for this mineral... Colin is trying to solve this murder. And you do have Jigen, who's hanging around, enhancing the, the Vespanian army. And very well. It makes for a nice comedic effect. <laughs> He's been hired as a contractor to uh, cause Trump to, to help their Unfortunately, defense. he does his job too well. And really does help, like, help thwart himself. <laughs> Why he even goes back to crime is a better story. Like, why, why not just work as a, as a military contractor? It's true, because they, they do a, a, an offhanded comment 
and the second like the second piece where it's just like yeah he's something like he tripled the threat of the Vespanian army just based on his advice I think he could find work they've become a war power now <laughs> dedicated to peace but still a war mm-hmm. power so so they're in two different stories where Lupin is tracking down his minerals so he can steal the crown for some reason and he and Fujiko Mine has been hired by someone else as who we later find out is the duke who's the good guy in all this but you know ebbs and flows on how good it's still shady because it's a fucking duke no one named no one no one is a duke is that uh, sorry the count the count is the one who helps the count yeah, yeah no one sorry there's a count and that still stands no one who's a count is not shady especially counts counts are definitely shady but he, he ends up being fine and he hired Fujiko Mine to literally seize the princess and take her out for a night on the town. Like, that was her whole job. And she's like, well, while I'm here, and while Lupin has this plan to steal the crown, I might as well do that, too. I could steal the crown for myself and then fuck with Lupin for a while. So those... Like, I've never done before. So those of you who actually know who the fuck Detective Conan is, I did not, know who Ran is, Ron Ran, uh, so she takes the place of the princess because they happen to look the same. It, yeah, g- g- you know, cr- great storytelling. They're identical. Um, so they happen to look the same, and they switch places, and they want a double. So despite everyone going, no, this is criminally negligent towards this teenager, they do, and then they abduct her and take her to the Spania because they still need the double. Um, and then... Conan, like, stows away on the plane and saves the plane after he stows on because if he would have, like, stuff, I don't know. It was a heroic act. (laughs) He does good things, yeah. So it's, and eventually, like, everyone winds up at the same place. You know, you finally, finally Zenigata shows up. But only as Zenigata is literally MacGuffin. He's like, we need a we need a way to get this this stupid ass detective into Vespania because it's a Detective Conan piece, and he has no jurisdiction there. So I guess we'll just have him be Zenigata's assistant. Zenigata, who has infinite jurisdiction, right? Infinite jurisdiction on anything that involves Lupin, which I feel like he could spin to literally be anything, possibly. And that's the one, the one true like problem I have with, with this part is that. Okay, so I didn't necessarily understand at first that the, I, I don't remember what his name is, but the um, the 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 the, 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 the stupid detective, yeah, Rand's dad, like I didn't get it at first, but I got it soon enough that he obviously had no idea what he was doing. But, like, how does... Zenigata is a detective in such a way and has been honed so much by Lupin that I feel like he should just be like, no, that guy's an imposter. (laughs) Or he's a fraud. (laughs) But he never really does. He just... Zenigata just kind of checks into these episodes and doesn't really give a shit. Oh, there is a dial when they're writing these things of how dumb is Zenigata... And he is as dumb as the story needs him at that mm. moment. 
But in any case, so everyone winds up in Vespania, and they get to the, and then we get to the point where Conan has his um, has his his scene, his Columbo scene. Yeah, he, he yeah. So Conan's like big trick is to knock out hapless PI, and then use a voice modulator to say what he would say. But that doesn't work as well. When everyone is looking at the hapless PI. Oh, it's it's always stupid. I'm like, oh, he fell into a chair conveniently, and looks to be a looks to be. It's a kid show. And it was bad. Like I didn't know. Like I like, like without the anime encyclopedia. Shout out to the anime encyclopedia. I would have had no fucking clue what was going on. I'm like, like I wouldn't know why some kid was speaking into his bow tie. <laughs> what was going on? <laughs> It was really like it was difficult for me in terms of the in terms of the Detective Conan stuff. This was a very weak special. Yeah, and it's also a weak detective. Like, I will say this as someone who's watched not a lot, but just enough Detective Conan. Like this is a weak Detective Conan story, even. So, and everyone, everything kind of comes up fine, and then there's a little uncomfortable scene at the end where like they, like Lupin and company decide to do Conan a favor and get him out of Vespania because he got there illegally. So he has no passport to get back into Japan. <laughs> so so Fujiko Mine has many acquaintances on the planet and one of them decides that she should be able to use a nuclear submarine. <laughs> Why not? And they, they take like so they take him back via submarine and then there's an uncomfortable f- scene that you just see from outside the submarine, you just hear about it, where Fujikomina is very curious about these this poison-slash-formula that gave him youth, and explores Conan very thoroughly. That's all we'll say about that. But it gave him, apparently, a very... Like, he does not like Fujikomina. <laughs> and he gets very nervous around her. Reason. Yes reasonable for the yes, story. very, very reasonable. And it just gets worse from here. Because <laughs> it gets even more uncomfortable in the second movie. So I, I have one more big gripe with this film. Is this falls into, like, one of the worst or most consistent, like, uh, Lupin tropes. That is, Lupin will steal something from a small kingdom or castle, and then give it back because he happens to know that royal family from some other time he was stealing something. Like, the first time this happened was the Castle Cagliostro. Yeah. And the entire franchise has spent the past 40 years redoing that trip. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, it was a weak point. And it, yeah, and it, it annoys me that this this is like a bad Lupin story and a bad Conan Maybe story. I missed part of it, though, because, like, I, my interpretation was just slightly different, and maybe I just missed a couple lines that happen sometimes when I'm watching subs. But, like... Mm-hmm. To me, like, I didn't see where he knew the royal family early on. It just, it felt like a callback to Cagliostro, where he saw this woman in a similar situation, and he was feeling nostalgic and decided to help. So I, I read it as he had, st- he had tried to steal it from her, from her mother. Okay. And gave it back to the mother. And now he's doing the same thing for the Okay, mother. I missed that. Hmm. But... And, and it is just a pro- like, either a callback or just sort of like trope storytelling for, for the franchise. Mm. 
And I mean, I wouldn't have like my I like my interpretation better just because I like internal consistency within within franchises. So like, if he was really like, you remind me of this girl I really loved in Cast of Cagliostro, I'm gonna hook you up. Like that, I could deal with. I'm like, no, that's that makes sense. But so I think at this point, Cagliostro has not happened chrono- chronologically. If there is a if there is a loop on chronology, God knows. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't really know. I've, I, I have always assumed Cagliostro is towards the end of the chronology, if there is one. I have enough information to really piece the chronology together. Oh, what? Nope. No one does intentionally. They're not trying to make a, a, a cohesive story with right. these things. So, moving on to the movie, the story is much better. They do a couple... This one also understands that, oh, right, maybe we should do a versus concept to these storytelling. Right, because it's in the title. <laughs> yeah. Also, it's just a fucking good mm-hmm. idea. Like, you have a master thief and a boy detective. Right. Those inherently are opposed and could do a good combative story. True. But this does this does two things very right for me. One, the story is much better. Much better. The plot actually makes a little bit of sense. And they keep everyone, for the most part, on the same plot. Two, they do some really interesting pairings between the teams that I really enjoyed. Some of it makes sense, some of it makes less sense, but they're all fun. So, like, uh, the pairings that are involved in this, you have the cops from Detective Conan kind of pair with Zenigata. The, the underling cops. Makes sense. Perfect. So that, that makes completely sense. Right. So then you have um, Jigen pairs with Conan, which doesn't necessarily make sense, but it, it does not make sense, and it's hilarious. It works so it, well. It works way better than it had any right to work. <laughs> yeah. Because the Lupin understands that Conan is not actually eight years old. He's 17, which is, you know, huge. Oh, yeah. That's... Where they're not, like, 40, 50-year-old, like... It's know, like night years. and later that night. <laughs> But Jigen works really well with Conan, and I love it. Like, they work so well together. And then to a point, like, Lupin gets paired with Conan, and obviously they're going to work. Lupin will work with anyone he's paired with. That's his secret power. You have um, Goman briefly paired with the kids, which is funny and works because the kids don't make any sense and they need to get them out of the story. <laughs> and Goemon almost doesn't work in stories in general because he's such a broken character. That and he's used especially. I don't like. I haven't seen enough Lupin to see all the points, but he's used especially in these two as like a Deus Ex Machina. Like you need to either get me out of here or there's a lot of tanks. Take care of that. <laughs> he's a combo move in a fighting game. Like that is what that is how Goemon is. is Goemon is a button mesh. Okay. <laughs> Yes. That you hit the right buttons in a combo, he will appear and affect the scenario. Oh, so he's like in Final Fantasy VII when you, you, you use the, I forget what the stones are called, but you use the stones to summon, like, the the big, like, spirit thing. So the yes. whole screen, screen swirls, he comes down, does his thing, disappears. Exactly. That is what, that is, that is how Gohemon works. And he works better that way than most other, like, shoehorning into the story. In general, I think. Unless he's the focus of a story. 
and there are so few good Go Monsters. The only ones I've, the only one I've seen that I really like him in is like the the woman called Fujigomine. Like that actually takes time to tell about Goemon. Yeah, he he can work in an episode setting, but there are very few movies or specials where right. he is the focus character. So, in any case, and then I saved the worst and best for last because it, it's really good, but it gets really creepy, and I don't like it. <laughs> Which is you have you have Fujiko Mine, and I don't remember what the girl's name is, but the the inventor of this formula that made Conan young, and also made her young. Yeah, well, yeah, it got used on her eventually, and. So she's very she's like she's a good pair for Conan because they're both little children and adult like and with adult minds or you know seventeen year old mind in Conan's case. We'll, we'll assume Conan has the mind of an adult at this point because this is made for the twentieth anniversary of the franchise. So I'd like to think that he is eight. I would love to have seen him like age up from eight at this point. I'm like just like that's not how that works. Everyone else is the same fucking age. <laughs> I know. I want. I wanted to have age up. But it's not how it works. But in any case, they pair really well together because they seem to be both like like she the the, the girl is a very sarcastic like girl. Fujiko Mina is who Fujiko Mina is, and they're both like in their own weird ways within their franchises. Less weird for Fujiko Mina. They're both femme fatales. But then it gets a little weird because there's like a bath scene and she really wants to know how the formula's made and it's just creepy and you know it came to a point where I just had to like hit the 10 second skip until they were done with that scene. <laughs> but other than that, it was a good pairing. I especially yeah, they work well I especially them. liked them. Um, running in to save the day like on the motorcycle and like getting Lupin onto the plane uh, but those 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 pairings and keeping everyone on the same plot was where it really like made this a better movie for me just not a great movie it's I am not angered by how bad this one is I am angered by the, by the yeah the special is definitely worse this one is not as bad it moves the plot along it keeps everything intact. It keeps the characters honest to their own franchises, as far as I know. Yeah, more or less. Again, I, I'm not a big Detective Conan person. I've watched a handful of movies here and there in a few episodes. And last but not least, it ties into previous chronology. Yes, this is a sequel to this. Band. And I liked that. I liked that they acknowledged that this all happened. I like and they continued that plot so I mean other than like there's not too much to say like it's a very like it's slightly complex in terms of the plot you know involving a concert singer and only as a distraction and basically involving trying to get this, this stealth mineral sold to a third party yeah, so this, this still ties back to the, you know, Vespanium in the first film. So if you're going to... But we don't find that out until about, you know, about two-thirds of the film, that, that, that those are actually... I think even stories. further, but yeah. Like, it's... it's Yeah, either two-thirds or three-quarters mm -hmm. in. That you find out that the MacGuffin of the film is the same MacGuffin from the last film. And I would, like, just as a... Me saying it, I would definitely, like, this is, this is one that's worth watching, but with some caveats, one... 
to really hit its full appeal, yeah, you kind of have to watch the special, and that's not as worth watching. That's the biggest part against it for me, actually, is that you need you do need to watch that special to get all the beats. And two, if you are not familiar with one of these franchises, just skip it. Like, it's not good. Yeah, you need, that's the other thing, is that not these are good intro to the other, so you do need to know both a little bit. The movie does a better job because it does have that intro segment of sort of who the characters are. Yeah. In Detective Conan. And then Luke well, and also, having watched the special, I was much better placed for the Conan characters in the second one. I'm like, these are who these people are. Check. Yeah. You've seen them be, you know, act before, and there's only like three that really right. matter. So, I mean, that's... And, like, I liked how... Like, like there were even little, little callbacks. Like, um, Ron, who impersonated the princess in the special, gets called Princess Ron in the second one. And I would be truly impressed if they ever did that in the Detective Conan movies afterwards, but I'm not going to bother to find out. I don't I don't think Vespania ever comes up in any Detective Conan thing mm-hmm. ever again. And that only exists when the, when the two of them are in the same place. It <laughs> appears... Fair enough, but um, but this is this is a decent movie. I found it entertaining, and I do like. I would recommend like I would recommend some people watch it, but like I said, you you do have to watch the special. So if you're not willing to commit to a lesser hour and forty minutes to get to a decent hour and forty minutes, then skip it. I'd honestly say I'd recommend, you know, going for a different Lupin film, a different Conan film. To get the same amount of time and the same amount of character. And if you haven't seen Castle Cagliostro, just watch that one, because that's... Yeah, watch the hat. There's, uh, yeah, this... I like the... the they, they do the Lupin, I think, better for me in this one, even, as a character. Because he is going for a bit of that darker, more thieving character than he was in the special. Yeah, this was, a, this was better play for this. Like, I had, like, the first one was too much slapstick Lupin. It was too much family-friendly Lupin. I, I don't. I like him to be a little darker I, as a character. And I like... I don't like when Lupin is too slapsticky, too gropey, and too accidentally successful. Yeah, it's... it's they, they managed to do both Sex Pest and, and, and Comic Lupin in the same film. Mm-hmm. And it didn't work. It doesn't work well in the special when it's a kids franchise is the, is the main story. Right. I do like what I when I was reading about Detective Conan. Um, I like the idea, the concept that when it came to America, it is a kids show, but because we're so like stick up our asses about violence, is like it couldn't be played for kids because there were like murder scenes. It was played like late. Yeah, it was played like late night uh, Adult Swim instead of Toonami. Well, no, it's it really is like an after school show mm-hmm. though. Like, this should be played at, like, four in the afternoon. It's a kind of a version of Inspector Gadget. <laughs> like you said. Yeah, which is better. <laughs> I don't know. It's been a long time since I saw Inspector Gadget. I mean, again, they're both gadget users, and I think... I think Conan's a little more edge to the character. So that is the second runner... Like that's the... I should say the, the first runner-up for my, my pick. Yes. Um, and that was... Uh, we will leave my picks behind now. But first, oh, we questions. have questions on this. I forgot. 
We do. We have three questions on this on this on this uh, duopoly. Uh, okay. I'm gonna start with the questions from Lum Ranmayasha. Do you consider the Lupin versus Detective Conan crossover films more akin to Lupin films or more like DC films? Personally, I feel the stories they both feel like DC stories guest starring Lupin characters. I'd agree with that on the special in particular. I think they they blend them better in the in the film. They're definitely blended better in the film. Um, I can't speak as to whether anything feels strongly like a Detective Conan story because I've never seen one. Um, but I can say that the first the special didn't feel like a Lupin special to me. No, the special doesn't feel like Lupin to me at all. Like it does feel like that the villain, or not even the villain, but like these side characters are, are right. there. There's too much. Like there's, there's a lot of that, and not as much. And it didn't work for me. Whereas the um, the movie felt more like what I assume is a merging of the two. Yeah, the movie I'd say is actually a true merging, which is interesting, which you don't see too often in, in crossovers in general, where sort of both are working in their own mm-hmm. way. But I mean, I would say that the special felt more Detective Conan in sort of the way it was telling. But even then, like, sort of weakly Detective Conan, like, it was not a strong entry into that franchise mm. either. Which is it's disappointing when you sort of, you'd hope it was stronger than that. Right. But like, a lot of, but like a lot of crossovers, it's a sort of a weak version of both. Um, like, famously, the Simpsons Critic crossover episode. What was that last part? The, 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 one of the worships of the Simpsons is, is the episode where Jay Sherman crosses over. I've never seen that. Weird. No, that's, you're, you're not missing Okay, fair enough. Oh. But it managed to also, like, damage the character of Jay Sherman in that episode. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we have a second question uh, from them saying, Would you recommend the crossover films to fans only familiar with Lupin or DC, but not both? I don't know. I don't rec- if you're not familiar with both, as I wasn't, I wouldn't necessarily think that it's the best thing to recommend. There's better things to recommend, I'm sure. I'd recommend it only as a completionist, actually. And I, again, the film is, I think, is dragged down because you need the special to lift it up. Because so much of the story is dependent on that special. I can't recommend the film on its own. Okay. So I really wouldn't recommend it unless you really do want to see that complete, unless you're the completionist. Right. And then we have one final question. Yeah, we have a fun question. From Trick the TM, what are some anime crossovers you would like to see? And this this was a hard one for me because I don't I don't do anime series a lot. So I didn't really have a good answer for this. So I've been thinking about this because I'm not I'm just I'm not a fan of crossovers in general. I tend that they find to sort of weaken and play up the tropes of, of both franchises unnecessarily. But I was going with ones that sort of have similar flavors. So I'm gonna go with uh, Dirty Pair and uh, Outlaw Star. Hmm? Those are both sort of uh, space troubleshooter kind of things, and you can have them compete well. I couldn't think of any anime crossovers, but I did like I did have a fun five minutes picturing what an episode like a crossover between Detective Conan and the Venture Brothers would look like. 
I, I think Detective Conan is more competent than the Venture Brothers. Yeah, but I would really like to see Brock working with Detective Conan. I think they would be a powerful team. <laughs> I want to see. I want. Actually, I want to see all three of them: Lupin, Detective Conan, and, and Venture Brothers in the same story. Oh God. Because I, I want to see Jigen doing the like the, the contractor work with Doc Venture. The, and uh, Jigen would work really well with Brock. I think they get along. Yeah. I mean, God, so all three of these are pulling from the same story pool. And I would like to see Goemon and, um, I forget what the, uh, Doctor Strange analog is. It's been so long, but. Oh, um. Doctor Orpheus and Goemon in the same room together. That would be interesting. Yeah, no, that's, I think that's, uh, maybe the best. <laughs> but, all right, so when you when, when you next see us, or maybe you already have already, we're going to be reviewing Vincenzo's pick for Anime Secret Santa. We will see you after the break. Mm-hmm. 